Hello everybody, Melissa Simonson here with Amaze On Stream, and I am super excited today to get to introduce you guys to John Tilly, CEO of Zon Guru. Thank you so much for joining me, John. Hey Melissa, what's up? Good to good to connect. Uh, I know we connected like a week or two ago, and uh, I was impressed with your level of knowledge on uh, on Amazon uh, specifically. So I'm I'm excited for today's conversation. Excellent. I'm super excited because what we like to do on this uh, podcast actually is kind of get to know you on a more human level. So we're going to dive deep today and I want to start going way back. So I really want to know about how you went from, you know, growing up and, you know, kind of doing what kids do and school and everything like that. And then how that transitioned into your entrepreneurial journey. So um, my first question then is, in terms of entrepreneurship, um, did that was that a role that your parents played in your life? Like, was there some influence there, or what did your parents do for a living? It's <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to dive in. I, you know, it's it's cool jumping on podcasts because sometimes you don't know where it's going to go. And uh, yeah, let's talk about the, the personal side. I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably why I'm an entrepreneur is both my parents were psychologists. You know, so that that says a bunch right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, you you've got the marketing side down because you've got some human behavior background. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I just lying me down on the couch, and I'm just kidding, uh, you know, <laughs> helping me sort through my problems. Uh, no, I mean, you know, the the accent uh, that you hear is is from South Africa. I grew up in Johannesburg, uh, South Africa, and I was there pretty much all my, you know, from from being born until I was, I think, I left South Africa in when when I was 23. Um, so pretty much all of my my childhood and and uh, young adult life, students, etc., was all and, and my first kind of working gigs were all in South Africa before I embarked on on uh, uh, you know travels to to obviously the UK where I lived in London for a few years and then Los Angeles where I'm based now. I've been here for 16 years, so that's kind of been my my progression. But um, yeah, I mean, starting in the childhood, you know, I, I had a great um, upbringing in, in South Africa, um, which I'm I'm super um grateful for uh, and, I, and i think it gave me um you know kind of a, a pretty well-rounded approach to to life and business and yeah, i think there's a common theme that a lot of south africans have a have a strong entrepreneurial spirit and and um uh yeah that was that was something that i was always always ingrained uh, or always something i looked at from from a young age um i would say i didn't really capitalize on it uh until much later on actually when i was in los angeles and obviously amazon which we can talk about but um, I always was very interested in in having my own business and um, something uh, quite social, um, you know. Uh, and uh, probably throughout my my kind of student and, and first few years, I always had kind of a side gig, entrepreneurial uh, project going, um, and it was mostly involved in in um, in music uh, venues and and uh, and big parties that I was throwing and and. Uh, was opening a, a, a nightclub at one point, and and these are the kind oh, of things wow. kind of like socially um, orientated, I guess, in in the early days of of my, um, uh, you know, uh, start. I think I had a URL Go Productions, which I gave up at some point, which was stupid. Uh, Go oh. Productions, but um, <laughs> oh, that was that was kind of my my initial start. So uh, all right, so you you actually grew up in South Africa until you were about twenty three. So in your like school years, you're saying you that's actually a place where entrepreneurship is encouraged. That's interesting. I, I want to dive in a little bit more there. So when you were going to school, was that something that you thought maybe would be on the horizon? Or did you think like, you know, regular school, college, job, and then you kind of figure things out as you go? 
it wasn't necessarily necessarily encouraged in school. I mean, I think I think we had a, a good, um, well-rounded education system. I think teaching, uh, you know, across the various aspects. Um, I think um, you know one one part that does play into that a lot is is team sports. I think I think that's a very you know most most well the schools in South Africa have it very ingrained in in your in your kind of education. So you know, all your team sports, everything is all done at the school level. Um, and, you know, it's it's a very, um, it's a good uh, baseline to, for, for anybody um, to to kind of start to work out your leadership skills, your team skills, um, all things that are very important in, in running anything, you know, having, having the leadership and the vision. Um, and uh, I think just South Africa in general, I think with, with it being uh, a developing country is what they call it, you know, and and uh, not not always being, you know, uh, secure in the consistency of the government or the environment or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of like entrepreneurial spirits in the sense that like you've kind of got to make things happen for yourself, you know, rather than hey, just having this this one kind of pathway that you can go through. So, um, you know, that that was really really it. But I think you know, um, I chose a career, you know, when I went into into um, college I, I just you know I did I did a BCom and you know I didn't have a very specific idea of like hey I want to be a doctor or whatever it was you know I just right. did business and and um you know I, I think through the team sports and the and, the, and being in, in college and uh kind of be very interested in in social aspects and and I always got a thrill out of seeing people have a good time that I started to get involved in uh you know event promotions and and I was running the um kind of like a, a uh, a, a weekly music event uh, which is a big like get together for for the college and you know I really got a, a lot of satisfaction so that's where my head was kind of starting to go it's like hey I could run these kind of events um sure. I then obviously I, I traveled to the states for a year um after college I, I took a year and traveled the states I actually think I ended up going to about 39 states in total what? Uh, in my travels and so is uh, this now when you're you're 23 you've moved on and and you came to the states yeah, exactly. So, so the first year out of college, I, I traveled. It, it's typical of of they call it Antipodeans, which is South Africans, Australians, you know, uh, New Zealanders. Uh, we we typically like to travel after after college or or a year before college and just kind of go and explore the world. So it's kind of a normal thing that happens. And uh, when I finished wow. college, I I decided to to I picked the states as my as my travel adventure, uh, and I. Um, you know, look for the craziest snowboard mountain because I'd never <laughs> snowboarded because, you know, there wasn't really snow in South Africa. Uh, and, and I picked a uh, big sky in Montana. So oh, big a, sky. That's a great one. I went to big sky for a, for a ski season and I worked in the mornings as a, as a, as a waiter and then skied all afternoon, you know, so, so that was kind of my start. And then, um, you know, from there, uh, I, actually met up with uh, a guy who owned a rugby club in uh, in Cincinnati called the Cincinnati Wolfhounds. And so I jumped from skiing into playing for some of these rugby clubs. And I used that as a way to kind of get around the States, which is, you know, it's just a, a perfect match of like, oh, you have a skill set of playing a game rugby and, uh, you know, you could go to all these cities and and uh, meet, you know, 30 friends immediately and then have a, have a good time. So I kind of like played for, for various rugby clubs. You know, at that stage it was very amateur, but they would, you know, you do a little bit of like under the table sweeping or whatever it was, you know, right. um, and, uh, and, and I used that to travel. So I went there and then based myself in Los Angeles for a while and uh, moved around and, and did some road trips and ended up in the South for a while, Pensacola, and then moved up to Martha's Vineyard up, uh, up 
uh, you know, on the island off of Boston and, and uh, did a few months there and, and then left. I think I left there. It was actually two days before September 11th. So that's how oh, long ago it was. But uh, I managed to, I just left. I left New York, actually. I flew out of New York on, on September 9th. Um, and then obviously wow. two days later, uh, September 11th happened. So, um, oh my goodness. Yeah, that was a pretty wild, uh, wild year. And, and, uh, yeah, just, just really different, I think, culturally from, you know, South Africa or, or London or, or the UK, which is, you know, we have a British heritage. Um, and so it was really interesting to kind of connect with the American culture and, and it was pretty fascinating for me. And, and I had a good time here for sure. There's much more, uh, say, said as it is kind of culture and, yeah. and uh, uh, I enjoyed that a lot and, and, it, and I felt there was, you know, um, this idea of entrepreneurship can be very well supported uh, here. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. I'm curious, actually. Um, so you, when you were in South Africa, you, you mentioned that um, the team sports played a role in, in entrepreneur, entrepreneurship like and and how that uh, came into effect later I actually that's it's very interesting to me because I'll interview people from time to time and they'll tell me oh it was this one moment I met this person and you know just this whole world was open to me or they'll tell me you know I, I had this big failure and I just had no other options and it kind of happened organically but I, I want to dive in a little bit more you said um, you know sort of it was the environment you had to kind of make things work which I think you're right uh, culturally that's not necessarily something here. That's not necessarily something that um, in the States, you're encouraged to find solutions. You're, you're told to fill out forms, right? And, uh, and get some assistance. And so there's uh, maybe a different mindset behind that. So tell me a little bit more, uh, if you would, about how like the, the team sports and how that um, transition, like that kind of led you into where you started into entrepreneurship because now you're in the states you went from all these rugby clubs you have side hustles going on and then how did that kind of uh transition there um yeah i mean i, I think the team sports aspect is not necessarily necessarily just an uh you know help you one just necessarily help you as a as a as an entrepreneur it certainly will but i think just as a as a, a general um business leader you know if, yeah. if that's kind of like the way that your personality aligns, I think team sports absolutely is a, is a critical piece in, in shaping how you participate in a team, right? Yeah. Uh, from a leadership to, to understanding how, uh, you know, all the various parts work together to, 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 to get to a better goal, right? Um, right. I, think, I think in general, that's a, that's a really strong baseline. And, and you know, rugby is a very, very um, physical, aggressive um, you know, sport that's almost like a battle, you know, and, and everyone has their own role that you need to play and, and it's, it all needs to work together in order to be successful. You know, it's, it's, it's much more even team oriented than I think um, a, a lot of sports. So uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I think uh, the, the, the real like transition for me, I think in terms of uh, entrepreneurship was just um, you know, starting in college and 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 in, in London days when I when I lived in London, but uh, you know, I, I started to really uh, throw these the social events, and I and I think, um, by the way, I, during this this kind of transition when I came back to South Africa, I got my first role or, or, or kind of nine to five gig in a in, in advertising. So I was in advertising uh -huh. uh, for 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 years, and you know, I, I had a very um, you know strong. Uh, 
affinity to to being in a in a in an environment that that um wasn't very structured like a corporate structure you know and and uh I ended up in a in a really cool uh, advertising company, which was very flat structured, very like entrepreneurship driven, entrepreneurship driven within the organization. Very, uh, you know, you had to be very proactive. You kind of had to own your piece, and uh, it was very, very um, uh, supportive, but also very kind of a, a competitive within the company. And I think that was probably a way that said like, oh, this is the right way to do business and to to kind of you know, grow and, and to push your boundaries rather than being in some kind of corporate gig where, you know, it was very like CYA um, and, and uh, you know, and, and just that kind of typical corporate structure, which a lot of my clients at the time were. And, and I was like, I can't do that. I'm not going to go live in a cubicle and do that. I need to be out and about and doing it. So I think advertising was a really good step for me. Um, but then I also started throwing these events and parties and, and uh, kind of underground parties uh, in London as well. We, we did a few of those and I, and I really liked that idea but um you know i think throughout of that I, I had a very successful career in advertising you know um which is very demanding and, and i think it was very difficult for me to to start my own um business right and 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 make that leap from hey i'm in a corporate nine to five or not corporate i'm in a nine to five gig um working for someone and, and how do i make that jump to just owning my own thing right um, and do it in the right way um and and with the right kind of support and i think one, it was a very demanding job, but two, I actually feel like a lot of my, um, my, my education was, was holding me back because, you know, you have all of these ideas and you, you know, the first thing you think is like, I've got to create this massive business plan, you know, and you create a massive business plan and you do all of these things. Uh, and, and these are all obstacles I think that can really slow down your, your momentum and your, and your action, which, which at the end of the day, entrepreneurship is just about, momentum is actually momentum that's it you know um you don't you don't need any special um you know uh, courses. <laughs> courses or, i mean yes you, you need to have a good sense of education right but i think the education is, is only in the, in the bigger scheme of things that's a base you have to have a vision and, and some education around that but really it's about the consistent action that will get you there okay. you'll figure it out as, as any human brain will figure it out as you go but you're not going to figure it out unless you actually make decisions and you move forward right and i think a lot of these uh, ideas of planning you, you're not really taught that in your education you're like oh the theory of creating a a business plan is very cool and everyone's like oh well great you have an idea what's your business plan you know where's this and you know that can be very complex and i think you have to have a plan but then you have to know like what i need to do now to move forward and you have to take that action um and, and that was something that just you know wasn't I didn't have the space or, or, or necessarily the know-how to really know how to action that um, outside of my, my normal gig. So I always call it entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial FOMO, right? Because I wanted to be a, uh, an entrepreneur so bad, but I just wasn't finding the right um, angle to, to really launch something on my own um, until I found yeah. Amazon a, a few years later. Oh, that's so interesting. So then you started a product-based business on Amazon. I did, yeah. So this was this was much later when I left. Uh, you know, I left the the UK, um, which was a. I lived in London for a, a few years, and that was a great time in my life because a lot of my friends had moved from South Africa to London, and we had like oh, a wow. group there, and yeah, it was such an amazing time. I had a great job and a great way to explore, uh, you know, Europe, and 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 obviously culturally, I think the the UK is very similar in some ways to 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 south africa so it was an easy transition uh, and then i moved to to the us uh made that jump to to los angeles and that was like you know 
at that stage it was it was a pretty big jump because uh it was you know essentially i was an immigrant moving over with with right. no connections um no cultural oh, that sounds so scary no, <laughs> yeah no no uh, you know no, no lifelong connections that i built over time it was just like this dude landing there with with literally no one knew from from a bar of soap and i had to kind of restart again you know but i yeah. dug in restarted again and and um took a few years to kind of find my feet and got back into advertising for for a while and was uh, there like was there a catalyst or something that told you it's time to to move to the states or were, was that you were always headed in that direction what what made you actually make that jump for something that's a, a very tricky very scary proposition you know it's a pretty simple answer. It was a girl at the time. Ah, yeah. it was a girl. He was, <laughs> was living in LA, and, and uh, it was actually going back to uh, meeting up um, in the time in Martha's Vineyard. We, we had had like a summer romance, and then we had met up four years later and uh, connected again. Then we were dating between London and LA, and so I, I made the jump to, to LA. So that was kind of what drove it. Um, and uh, you know, at that stage, it was like we wanted to be together. It was either London or LA, and I decided LA would be a nice, interesting move. So, so I did right. it and I moved over. Um, and how so, old yeah, are you then, now? Now that you're, you've gone from the UK, you're moving to Los Angeles, about how old were you then? I think I was 26 or something like okay. that. 26, something around there, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was 26. Uh, and then, um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I'd, I'd uh, gone back to LA and then um, found my feet and started to, uh, you know, um, ingrain myself into the culture of Los Angeles through through um and actually funny enough I, I kind of started to to try and work as an entrepreneur and I had, had an opportunity it was really around like uh, creating a marketing business around travel um but I actually went back into advertising and it was an important move for me because um I think what that what a, what a business can give you is a connection to your environment because you have all these workmates and you, you you can kind of connect back into society and i think i was missing that a little bit so and that was a good move for me and um you know gave me a lot of um you know evolution in, in my in my um skill set in advertising where i started to move a lot more into the digital space we started handling a lot more web development uh we actually started to handle some software development that i was leading teams uh, in doing so that started to help prep the base for for when i did start zanguru um later on but um yeah it was a uh, you know this was to 2012 2013 uh one of my good friends and business partner adam hudson uh had an extra ticket and was exploring this idea of 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 uh he had a product idea and he was looking at doing the retail versus uh, online um in e-commerce and you know the, the 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 obstacles that are in the way of getting something into retail is just ridiculous right um you know consignment and you know everything else that they do shelf space is just crazy and and obviously chose oh, yeah. the idea of, of going into um amazon at the time which was so new and and uh not doing incredibly well but then uh going to one of the one of the courses at at uh at um vegas yeah. and, and, and was it an asm um, you know, he was like, Hey, why don't you come along? So I came along to that just by chance. And, um, right. that's kind of where the penny dropped for me. I think, um, you know, I was like, Oh, this idea of, uh, creating a product, um, that I could do easily do while I was still working in my career and then seeing if that takes off. And if it does, I can make the jump. Um, and it's, it kind of tied in with a whole bunch of, uh, you know, aspects of creativity that I had. Um, you know, my, my partner was my brother, who's a product designer. 
Um, so, you know, it, it, it made sense in a lot of ways of, of one still connecting with my brother and, and doing a business together, tapping into his skill sets, my skill sets, and just kind of driving forward. So, so that's where the penny dropped for me. And, and this idea of like, you know, creating a, a product business that was scalable um, versus setting your time. And, and I think that really landed. So uh, mm. I started that, uh, you know, I had to unlearn a bunch of, of, of things that I, that I learned in, in, in my kind of business career to really become much more of an actionable entrepreneur. And, and, you know, Adam, my, uh, my friend and, and business partner was, was, was brilliant at that. He's, he was a, you know, 25 year plus veteran uh, entrepreneur and, and one of his super, you know, one of his super skill sets or superpowers is he, he kind of has a vision for a space, but he, you know, when he has an idea, like I would be thinking about it and go back to him next week and say, Hey, I've thought about it more. And he would be like, I've already actioned this. I've tried an MVP. I've, you know, this is the result and, and I've moved forward and this is where I'm at. And I'm like, Holy cow, you know, yeah. how, you know and, and that, that was like an amazing um, lesson for me in, in, in terms of uh, creating action and, 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 you know, moving forward. Um, and that idea of, right. of, you know, what's, what's worse than making, what, what's the saying? It's like, what's worse than uh, uh what's worse than making the wrong decision it's it's not making a decision at all right Absolutely. something like that um right. anyway yeah, so, and so I, I know also steve uh my brother steve simonson often says um perfect is the enemy of good you know sometimes you wait to post something or create something or or share something um because it's not perfect yet and yeah. and then it creates just the pattern of inaction yeah yeah it's, it's same thing they say if, if you're not if you're not embarrassed by the launch of your first idea right. that you waited too long right yeah so um, you know it, for sure so uh, it, you know that's probably the biggest lesson i learned in, in entrepreneurship is like is is how to how to constantly battle internally with yourself to say hey the, you've put an obstacle in this way how do we remove that obstacle to, to move forward right and and i think what i what i really leaned in on what was this idea of of a what I call a, a minor stone approach, which is, you know, you need to, you need to plan for, for the launch of your Amazon business or whatever that end goal is. You need to be very specific about when that is, how that is, what kind of money that's going to make you. There, there is definitely something in that. If you look at personal development, I think it's, it's very clear. And anybody who does that, that's, that's kind of like your, your subconscious works in a way to get there. Right. Yeah. Um, but, and, but then literally saying, okay, well, that's the end result. Let me plan back in these, uh, in these minor stones, which, which I call it to hit that milestone, which are, these are the key things that need to happen all the way, all the way down at a high level to what you need to do this week, mm -hmm. uh, and this month, and then, and then forgetting about everything else. And that will take care of itself when it's time. But you know, where we get caught is we overthink that end result, And we keep thinking about the end results rather than what we just need to do today. Like I just need to do this. I, I planned that. And, and it's a big relief, right? Because it gets rid of the, that anxiety when you're like, you know, that's going to take care of itself when it needs to be taken care of itself right now all i need to do is if i move this one piece right today that's going to make sure i can get towards my end, end goal so um that helped me remove some of those obstacles so that i could become like an action taking machine right which is what you need to be um yeah. and you know we, we we launched on amazon and pretty i think it was within six to nine months we we had we had a, a six-figure business that was very consistent and um i could kind of leave the advertising gig so that, that was kind of uh, a big milestone for me, um, you know, um, having a successful brand on on Amazon um, and uh, and and leaving, you know, with my with my box, leave, leaving my 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 advertising gig 
uh, and, and moving on. So how long did it take you from, from launching your first product to where you felt like you felt safe and comfortable walking away from your nine to five? Yeah, it was pretty quick. It was uh, uh, probably nine to 12 months was, was, was the process, right. From, from start to impressive. kind of being live and, and, um, I launched two project, two products in that time. Uh, both of them are still still pretty much running, but uh, it was it was actually the second product that was really the big hit, where I just got everything right and and you know the algorithm was loving me and and the sales were crazy. So um, you know that that was the big um, consistent drive for me was was actually the second product, and that's an important lesson in itself, right? Because anybody who's who's launching, it's you know if you hit it with the first one, it's very few and far between. You've got to get you know five to six products running and, and then you have a really strong business. So, um, yeah, so, so we did that. And, and obviously, um, you know, at the time, uh, you know, Adam, uh, Hudson, you know, he, he, um, from that ASM, you know, he had, he had got this idea of like, Hey, uh, there's a real need at the time to, to, to teach, uh, this idea of, of launching a business on, on Amazon, but teaching it in a way that, that was sustainable long-term and had very, very strong roots in entrepreneurship and, and creating a business because at the end of the day, it's a real business, right? And this was early days. This was 2013. And that, that was you know, still a lot of the time of like, oh, this is so easy. Just launch this one product and it's a quick win strategy and right. you know, all of that, which was, like, which was not the right approach. And this idea of like... Um, you know, thinking about a, fi a five-year plan and what they can, if you really think about it as a five-year plan, what you can really achieve versus this quick win strategy of like, you know, taking a year to do it. Um, and, and he had a lot of success and, and was very um, excited about teaching uh, in that way with, with his education company called Reliable Education. Um, and, you know, I, you know, in that partnership, I was going to start the software. So that, that, that was how we, we started. You know, he was getting the students and I was starting the software to find, launch, and scale um, uh, uh, products on Amazon. So that was the start of Zongu in 2016. And obviously we've grown massively from, from there um, as a start to, to now having 18 tools uh, in 10, you know, 10 different Amazon marketplaces um, and uh, you know, global customers around the world. So um, you know, it's been a pretty, a pretty awesome journey uh, over the years. So it sounds like the, um, you know, the origin of Zon Guru, it came about organically from your own like experiences and based on the needs of the people around you. Um, what, what else contributed? Like what, how did you guys choose the name? And then what, um, how did it transition from the first vision to what you guys do today? Or did that remain the same? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the name is pretty simple, Amazon Guru, right? And, and that's how we came up with Zon Guru. We, we were the first Zon in the space, which which nowadays I'm like, everyone's like, oh, these are, you know. You know it's all Zon now. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch of Zons. And I'm like, yeah, maybe we should have chosen differently. But, you know, it's 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 stuck and, and you know, it's going to stay. And, um, you know, I, I think the 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 concept of the, at the time was 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 unique in a way because it was like there were a few tools out there all very specific around the area of, of uh, software. And, and we were, Hey, we'll be the all in one. We'll give you some basic tools uh, at each kind of level of the Amazon journey. Right. So, um, you know, whether that being, uh, you know, research, listing and launch, um, you know, uh, business metrics, review automation, or, you know, all of those kind of key parts of the Amazon journey, we were going to have a tool under one subscription. So that was kind of the early concept. Um, 
and then obviously, you know, our, our, our biggest competitors in the space have slowly done that over the years. And, and, and so now there's a few bigger all-in-one uh, type of, of software solutions out there, right? So that was the, the initial concept. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really to service that, that, um, that student base. So that's kind of where we started. So it's, it's interesting, you know, kind of watching the path um, that, you know, you're sort of like, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I'm, I'm not there yet. And then you kind of get into the product-based thing. You had this catalyst of your friend doing ASM, and then that transitioned into you guys partnering to do a, a service. And um, so tell me now, if you would, how, what do you guys do as Zonguru? What does it look like today? How do you help Amazon sellers now? Yeah, you know, I think... Um... I think the important piece in, in, in that evolution is from the, the first day that I started Zonguru, I'm always, I've always been passionate about this concept of, um, you know, you can be uh, from any, you know, any country, any background, any, any race, religion, gender, um, education level, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, if you, if you simply apply yourself in this with this amazing opportunity we have of, of, of selling on one of the world's, well, the world's biggest e-commerce platform, mm -hmm. you can create a business that can, that can truly financially change your life, right? So I've always been passionate about that and helping people to achieve that goal, whether they're just starting today or whether they're trying to scale and, and, and you know, get to their next level. Um, and I've always encouraged that within our organization. So we, we actually, um, you know, uh, give a 0% loan to anybody in our team who wants to start an, an Amazon business uh, for their first stock order, right? So we kind of cover that uh, and they have to pay it back within the first year um, if, if they're successful or when they have the cash flow to be able to pay that back. So um, we, you know, through that process, we have a bunch of sellers on our team across all disciplines, right? Products, engineering, marketing, customer success. Um, and so I think that's a really nice place to be because one, we obviously are the target market. We, we, we feel like we're solving problems that, that we need to solve for ourselves and for our customer base. Um, and everyone there is really passionate about the space. So whenever you engage with Songuru at, at any level, you're going to feel that, right? Um, we, we truly stand behind that for sellers by sellers. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think that's been a great evolution internally within the team. And it's, it's, it's been pretty cool as a, as a CEO to see that. Um, because at the end of it, and it's kind of going back to that, what I was talking about, like, like this idea of uh, getting satisfaction out of people seeing, uh, the, being delighted with their lives, right? Or their experiences or, or whatever it is. And, and you know, there is a responsibility for, for anybody working for Zonguru, that responsibility for me to, to ensure that, um, you know, they can have their best, they can bring their best selves to their work, but also have the balance between that and, you know that that time of their life and what are they doing with that to to move their life forward so if they can work for zonguru work further on that skill but also have a an amazon business that they can scale you know in addition i think that's an amazing place to be right so um we have a lot of success stories within within zonguru um about what are people doing with the amazon businesses um and so yeah i, I think at, at a high level you know we are a business a business intelligence tool set for amazon sellers and, and what does that mean that's effectively we 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 consume data right um, from various sources and we've got to our job is to take that data and and visualize it in a way that solves problems in the right way at the right time in the most accurate way for for sellers depending on what they're doing right so um, we do that in, in a very effective efficient way um, and and we're constantly thinking about 
how can we better solve problems um, to help people to make the right decisions for the Amazon business, right? And so um, that's what we do. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of pressure on sellers, right? You gotta, you, you have to know everything. And that is, it's terrifying. It's terrifying, especially now, the, the more we get, you know, the further we get away from that 2012, 2015 area where it was just toss up a product and you might accident your way into some money. Um, now it's very, very competitive. It's very, very uh, difficult to get on the first page. There's so much that you have to know, starting from sourcing properly, not getting, you know, even, even the culture in China, when you're talking to factories, manufacturers, whether you're using, um, you know, the Alibaba or, you know, one of those other websites, just having some base knowledge in some of these things at the very, very basic level can be um, overwhelming and it can seem like a lot. And so then I think one of the things that is um, valuable about having something like Zanguru is that you take a little bit of the heat off, a little bit of, you know, having to know everything off of the seller. You have something that is helping you find the answers to help you make decisions. That is actually um, one of the things I think it's a huge pain point for sellers. 100% and, and, and you know, therein lies um, some of the enjoyment of being in, in, in our space, but also some of the, the, the challenges, right, is, is that at the end of the day, um, you know, the way I like to explain it is like data is 50% is of, the, of the solution, right? The other 50% is, is what you do with that data, what, right. how have you educated yourself, um, what are your business savvy smarts or your entrepreneurship education or, or whatever you're going to do because at the end of the day we're, we're visualizing data that can help guide your decisions but but it's not it's not it's you know you've always got a choice in your decision and what you do with that right and and uh this is not just like hey we're just solving the specific need with a piece of software and and that's it you know it, it's kind of data that can help drive your decisions so there's always a big education component of this journey which which is exciting yeah. but it's also a challenge for a software company because you're like hey we, we're creating software but we kind of have to take on that role of educating as well so right. uh you know that that just makes it a much more complex uh product that we're that we're providing because there's got to be an education level um mm -hmm. uh but at the same time our team really enjoys it and they they enjoy um, training and educating people on on how to move forward with their business and and again we constantly run into that situation of like trying to help guide our customers where they get fixated on on or distracted by one specific data points when when they're not really truly understanding the bigger picture of where they're trying to go you know so um we we try and do a lot of that in in our data is is using data to uncover um you know ideas that need to be solved and then in providing the education around that to make sure that they, they they're using that data in, in the right way to make the right decision for their business yeah that's awesome that's so amazing so how, how can people find you then to uh, to look up this information yeah, and to get started if they want jump to. on zonguru.com you know I, I think you'll you'll very quickly see that we have a lot of education material our blog is is um you know is super deep super complex uh in terms of uh detail and, and information so I would check out the blog. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can download that will help you with your business. Um, you can connect with our customer support there. Um, you can ask them anything. They're obviously really excited to, to help you. Um, and, uh, you know, even our Instagram channel is, is dedicated to, to a, kind of a feed of product ideas uh, and, and ways to differentiate your product, what makes a product good, what, what doesn't make a product good. Um, so, you know, just follow on Instagram. There's, there's a whole bunch in there. Some, some pretty cool stuff coming out next year on that as well. So, um, 
yeah and then i think you know you know we have a very clear product solution for whether you're researching or looking to expand um your your products range um or if you're a seller and you're trying to scale um or if you if you if you kind of at the enterprise level or, or you're working towards that and you're scaling uh and we have different product solutions for 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 you depending on what type of customer you are so um jump in you know there's there's actually a demo you can check out and you can connect with us at, at each of those levels and we'll, we'll guide you with the right tools um and and some of the unique ways that we look at data um to help you with your business excellent excellent thank you so much john i really appreciate you um being willing to get personal and and be on the podcast to be interviewed today um is there any final words that you want to leave with um with anybody who's listening about you know, advice going into 2022 or you know what they should really be focusing on um, as Amazon sellers? Yeah, I think I think the high level is, is, is don't listen to the naysayers, right? So I think I think even back in those days of 2012, 2013, you know, the first thing you would hear from someone is like, oh my God, Amazon is so competitive now, you know, don't even get in there. It's crazy. You know, and that was and now you look back on that stage and you're like, damn, that was like so easy then, right? Um, yeah. so, so there's always these naysayers, right? And I think it's just important to understand that as seasoned and as complex as Amazon.com specifically can get, uh, there's way more opportunity now than there was back then. Um, and, and you've just got to understand how to use data and make the right decisions and, and go after the right kind of product ideas and be educated and, and, and take action, right? So it's all there for, for anybody. Um, and, and certainly, um, what's even cooler is, is, uh, beyond amazon.com all of these, these new emerging Amazon marketplaces are, are really viable right now. Uh, mm -hmm. and there's much less competition there, you know, Australia, India, uh, Europe, um, you know, these are all, um, opportunities that are available to us, uh, in, in this amazing, um, era of our lives where, where we have technology and services that, that can allow us to sell anywhere in any marketplace, um, with just a little bit of, of, of good thinking right so um you know if, if you're thinking about it or if you if you're struggling or if you if you want to expand just kind of head down and, and keep going because you are in the right place and the opportunity is absolutely real uh, to to completely uh change uh, your financial outlook on on life absolutely and that that can change everything that has an impact on every other aspect of your life so thank you so much jonathan uh, really appreciate your time today and look forward to, you know, many more discussions in the future. Hopefully we'll see each other at, a, you know, like an in-person event one of these times. For sure. Thank <laughs> you. All right. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to stop over at Zanguru uh, so that you can learn more about their tool and take a look at what they have to offer and make sure that you're at least checking out to see if it's something that could really benefit your business. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next week on Amaze on Stream. Cheers. Cheers.